0: Welcome to A Certain Age, a show for women who are unafraid to age out loud. For many of us, menopause is like midlife, something that sneaks up on you slowly, then all at once. Suddenly you're experiencing WTF symptoms like mood swings, dry vagina, low libido, brain fog, and more. Good times. Other women experience menopause suddenly when surgery or illness thrusts them into it overnight. My guest today, Monica Molinar, went into surgical menopause at age 40 and very quickly realized that women get next to no support in tackling the roller coaster of menopause symptoms. Now she's the co-founder of Alloy Health, which brings menopause solutions and healthcare resources to help women navigate menopause and beyond. She is a serial entrepreneur, a mother of two, and a recent transplant from New York to the Netherlands. She joins me today to talk about reinvention, women's health, and why we all deserve better menopause solutions and care. Welcome, Monica.
1: Thank you. It's so great to be here.
0: I am very excited for this conversation. Uh, regular listeners of the show know that A Certain Age is all about sharing the stories of women who are you know, making the most in midlife launching businesses, creative projects, and are pivoting their lives in new and exciting ways. But the show also features women helping other women thrive in midlife, and you check all of those boxes. You've switched career lanes in midlife, right? You moved your family abroad. Yeah. These are major pivots. Uh, I'm dying to learn about your 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 move and and living abroad and entrepreneurship. But I really do want to have you kick off by sharing the story of the health crisis that put you on your current path as the co-founder of Alloy Health.
1: Sure. So, my mother had breast cancer twice, and my grandmother had breast cancer twice. So for my entire Life basically since I was 25, because my mother's first breast cancer incident was when she was 36. So sort of the the protocol when you have a a mother who's who's had breast cancer so young is to generally start screening about 10 years prior to that um, to to her age. So I was 25 when I started getting screened twice a year. You know, mammograms, sonograms, uh, MRIs, everything that you could possibly do. I was doing. Um, and I never really lived in fear of the breast cancer. It was just something that I kind of had to do and was part of my protocol. Um, but I felt like I was, you know, I was screening really well. i um I live a pretty healthy lifestyle, exercise and eat well and and all those things. So I, I kind of was doing everything that I could do for myself. Um, a lot of times the my doctors would encourage me to do something surgical. Um, but I, you know, I was so young and I, I hadn't had children yet. And so I really wasn't interested in that conversation. I just went through with all of the screening that I possibly could and, and figured, you know, I would kind of deal with something else later on. And, um, when I was 39, I, my, I still, I had two kids. I had pretty much decided not to have another child. Um, and actually, and it was around the time that Angelina Jolie wrote her op-ed Um, about her own journey being BRCA positive and and the different things that she was doing. And what was interesting around that time was that there was just a lot of information and other kind of tangential articles that were coming out um, around her big announcement. And one of them I read, had there was a line that caught my attention, which said, if you're BRCA positive and you have your ovaries removed by the time you're 40, that you further reduce your risk of breast cancer by 50%. And you know, that, that struck me. I thought, okay, I don't, I don't, I'm not having any more children. It's a non-cosmetic surgery. Um, you know, I'm, I, it eliminates my risk of ovarian cancer, which you really can't screen for as well as you can breast cancer. So I'm going to go for that and, you know, and sort of take my chances on the breast cancer. And, um, so I, I decided to do that. I had my surgery at Sloan Kettering. Um, you know, I, I thought I was in pretty good shape and, (laughs) what I discovered though, the the day after is that I was pretty much deleted from the system. Like, you know, the, the doctors kind of wiped their hands of me and because, because they had prevented the breast cancer, you know, they had prevented the, the ovarian cancer, but literally nobody talked to me about, um, about the menopause that I was now in, that I was really unprepared for. And I had actually asked the surgeon at Sloan Kettering, you know, should I take hormones? And he said, yes, you should. You're, you're so young. You need it to protect your bones, your brain and your heart. Um, but you'll still have some some circulating estrogen in your system for a while. And so, you know, just get a prescription when you need it. He didn't, or when you feel that you need it, he didn't, he didn't send me packing with a, with a prescription for estrogen and say, you know, take it today. Um, and so, you know, I was, I was just 40. I had two small children at the time. I actually was, was home with them, um, not working and who the hell knows when you need it. Right. (laughs) I didn't have hot flashes, but I didn't sleep through the night for six months and I gained 20 pounds and I was, you know, kind of on the brink of divorce. Like it was, it was a rough time, but I still didn't, I was just living my life. I didn't realize exactly what was going on and nobody was really talking to me about it. Until finally one day, a neighbor across the hall kind of caught sight of me. She's 15 years older and she said, Monica, are you okay? What's going on? You look terrible. And I just broke down. I was like, I'm in menopause. I don't know what to do. I don't, I really like my OB also had said, well, you shouldn't take it because you're BRCA positive. You shouldn't have hormones, blah, blah, blah. And, um, you know, I just sort of, entered this, I had entered the swirl of misinformation and, and kind of lack of information around menopause. And, um, and, you know, menopause is mine.
0: so – so she sounds like she, like, stepped in. To, tell me what she said next. Did she give you something besides, you
1: know, Monica, you look terrible? Was, was it
0: followed up yeah, by yeah. something Yeah, yeah. She said – she put helpful? her arm around me. She said, <laughs>
1: I be- I'll take care of you. I have somebody who can help. And she oh. sent me to her menopause specialist who um, was a wonderful woman and, you know, sat down and listened to everything that I said and, you know, was like, you need – estrogen, you need hormone replacement therapy immediately. I mean, like, don't, don't even go home before I, you know, you go pick this up. The problem was that this practitioner prescribed me compounded hormones, which were very expensive. I had to send away for them. I didn't quite know what I was getting in terms of the dose, the, my OB... And the doctors at Sloan Kettering said, don't take compounded hormones. So I I didn't really know what I was doing, you know, I, but it worked. I mean, first night I took estrogen and progesterone and I slept through the night, literally the first night in six months. And I I mean, I was hooked. I was like, obviously, I, this that's is what I need.
0: such a dramatic story. And you're so fortunate yeah. that you had somebody who recognized that you were struggling and then put you into the, you know, care of a practitioner who- was able to be helpful I, I've heard you uh, monica refer to yourself as an estrogen activist which I absolutely yeah. love uh <laughs> talk to me about the role of um sort of advocacy that and and solutions that you are now offering through your business and why it's important um, to champion estrogen to a wider audience
1: it's it's so critical so basically what my partner and I realized when we Started. I mean, I I reached out to um, my partner. I met her uh, socially um, about four years ago, and at the time, she was the editor in chief of Mary Claire magazine. And we were on a summer vacation with our families. When we got back to the city afterwards, um, I reached out to her because I said, "You know, women just don't have enough information about this whole menopause business. You know, we need yes. to we need to educate women and get them to understand what's going on and." and she you know rightly so at the time said it's very difficult to monetize uh, to create a business around content and you know like she had a big job at a at a big publisher so you know it was we had to kind of figure out like how we were going to move forward and and actually create something that could support us so um we spent a few months really trying to figure it out we we actually by sheer luck got some investors before we even had an idea. And we set about sort of researching, you know, we really didn't think that we could go into telehealth or pharmacy or do anything with pharmaceuticals because it just was such a heavy lift. And but we so we were trying to figure out like, what are the supplements that have been studied that really, you know, that women could really benefit from? And even though I, of course, was I mean, my life literally was turned around by h r t. And I would not have been able to start my last business, for example, or become an entrepreneur if I hadn't been able to get a good night's sleep and, you know, sort of get my 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 cognitive function back up to normal, et cetera. So I was already an advocate for estrogen, but from a business perspective, really didn't think that that was something that was manageable or would be manageable, uh, manageable for us. But you've
0: done it. You, I mean, you offer prescription
1: products like Estradiol and
0: progesterone. Yeah. And if I'm mispronouncing any of these, please step in and, and help me yeah. out. Um, so so talk to us about that. You know, what is it that uh, Alloy offers and, and, and why is it important to do it through sort of telehealth versus having a woman yeah. ask just the their, you know, their local hometown doctor for this stuff.
1: So the more we research, the more we realize that not enough women are being, you know, talked to about estrogen. And if you're not talking to to women in this phase of life about estrogen, then you're just really doing them a disservice. And basically what happened was 20 years ago, there was, you know, estrogen was given to women since the 40s. And women were who were taking estrogen replacement were, um, post-menopause were were found to have a much lower risk of cardiovascular disease, much lower incidence of osteoporosis, much lower incidence of um, of Alzheimer's and dementia. And so they, they did this huge longitudinal study that, I mean, to this day, I still don't understand exactly how the results were sort of um, disseminated the way that they were, because they were they were from misunderstood the, from the get go right. they were yeah they were they were not only misunderstood but they were they weren't reported accurately at all so even in that study the women who took estrogen alone had a lower inc- a lower incidence of breast cancer so you know there was really there's there's really never been a problem with estrogen it's it's something that is like it is the the thing that makes our bodies function, you know, it's, it's in every, there are estrogen receptors in pretty much every cell of our body. So when you go through menopause and you lose the estrogen, it makes sense that your, your, your skin starts to age, your brain stops functioning properly. Your joints start to ache because the, your body isn't producing the The collagen that, you know, that That lubricates lubricates the joints and your cells and everything. So it's, it's all makes sense once you understand it. And so we basically were like, there's no, we just aren't going to be authentic if we are starting a business that isn't actually just talking about estrogen first um, and getting women access back to this super important, very inexpensive, widely available, generic hormone that's that's out there that we all need. And so we, you know, we set up this this telehealth and pharmacy platform to democratize access to, um, to this important healthcare. We're national. So we, from day one, we've been in 50 States plus DC, and we have a very simplified, easy, um, medical intake that, you know, that really just gets to the heart of the matter. If there are any contraindications or any reasons, which, and honestly, there are very few, why you wouldn't be a good candidate for estrogen. We suss that out very fast. And then, um, you know, we make it convenient and inexpensive for women to get a prescription. So important.
0: And it's so, yeah, Monica, it, we're, yeah, we're heading into a quick break. When we come back, I want you to f- explain to us exactly how that telehealth visit works and how much it costs and how women who are listening can access it. We'll be back after this break. At a certain age, we love dry humor, but dry skin, No. Dry skin is one of the most common complaints of women as we age. Why? Because our skin naturally starts to produce less oil and our estrogen levels drop. And less estrogen equals drier skin. At Carrie Grand Skin Care, they believe that we don't need more products as we age, we need better ones, with natural, oil-based ingredients, focusing on health and hydration, not youth and perfection. Carry Grant is dedicated to giving our skin the nourishment it needs. With a simple three-step ritual, you'll see the difference a few essential products can do. At Cary Grant, they use only the best organic, naturally-derived, and non-GMO ingredients. This woman-run company is also sustainably conscious and hand-pours all their products in Seattle. Exclusively for A Certain Age listeners, you can use code KATIE20 at checkout to receive 20% off plus free shipping. That's K-A-T-I-E 2-0. Head to Carrie Gran today. That's K-A-R-I-G-R-A-N. Your thirsty skin will thank you. Monica, we're back. When we headed into it, you talked about democratizing access, making it easy and inexpensive for women across all 50 states to access uh, telehealth that's going to connect them to menopause resources. How do your visits work and how much do they cost?
1: So our visits are done asynchronously. It's the way that we can actually scale the um, the doctor expertise across a wide, uh, you know, a giant group of women. That means that it's all done through messaging. Um, and texting so you don't have to be sitting in front of a screen at a specific time you know to to have a 10-minute visit or with with a provider and that works I think really well for women because um, they can really access this healthcare whenever it works for them and it also works well for the providers because you know it's the same and they don't have no shows and um, you know they they can also do it on their own time so um, it's a really efficient way to work um what we discovered is that about 80% of women have moderate to severe enough symptoms that drive them to go seek help and only 6% of them actually act, get a prescription and that's from their that's doc be- that's from their local that's doctors at home from their mean. local doctor yeah from their local doctors and so why unfortunately is that? doctors aren't aren't educated about menopause in medical school and what they are educated about is Uh, Or they are taught in medical school that you shouldn't prescribe hormones that estrogen uh, gives you breast cancer. (laughs) Right. So it's a really it's a travesty, and um, you know the 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 data, the research, the evidence is unequivocal that that is untrue. Um, Anybody who knows the North American Menopause Society, the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, that you know the major medical institutions all have recognized that um, you know that estrogen does not cause breast cancer and is really safe and effective for most women. It's even becoming, there's a lot more research, um, about estrogen use in women who have even had breast cancer and how helpful it can be for them to, to also, um, prevent osteoporosis and all the other th- symptoms that, you know, we all experience. So basically what happens is you come to alloy, you do a very quick medical intake, um, And we've introduced a couple of other really cool products also for women. Um, Each of them has their own medical intake, but it takes, you know, three to five minutes. Um, The information then gets sent over to one of the doctors. um, And we have expert menopause practitioners, um, one of our doctors who I think you met at at our event last night has literally been in menopause three times, um, twice in surgical menopause and once in natural menopause. So she's really empathic. She understands she's an OBGYN. She, and these are all board board certified doctors too. I noticed
0: that on your website. Yeah.
1: Yes. All board certified OBGYNs with years, decades of experience treating menopausal women, um, which is really important. So this is something that most people don't understand, but OBGYNs are really trained in OB and surgery, so they're there to deliver babies. And menopause has been sort of considered a phase of life and not a pathology, not something that needs to be treated. It's generally, you know, you need to listen to women and understand what their symptoms are and what they're going through. The the solutions generally are are pretty simple, but it's it's important to, you know, to understand where a woman is. You know, in her symptomatology and just in her life, like, is it, is she most concerned about libido and sexual function? Is she, is she having debilitating brain fog? Is she having vaginal dryness and painful sex and incontinence? Like I had actually. Wait, where's D, all of the above? Where, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) No, and most women actually do have, have all of these things, you know, and so, but you don't get to it in a 10 minute visit with an OB who's, who's not focused on, on these symptoms anyway cuz she's you know one try, or he or she is generally trying to get you out the door but also doesn't see menopause it's not a lucrative thing for them it's not a procedure based you know sort of phase of life or or issue so Monica, you really, just... you
0: really put your finger on something when you said that um, women don't necessarily understand that the, the, the gynecologist that they're seeing um, doesn't always have training in menopause and, and really is more focused on sort of the earlier phases of a woman's reproductive cycle. Uh, I only learned that myself, by launching this podcast. I mean, I was literally stunned to discover the percentage of gynecologists in the U.S. that are trained in menopause care. It is minute. And so for anyone who's listening to this, who's thinking, I'm in the hands of a doctor that I really like, and they're obviously you know, taking care of me the way that I, I expect they might, it is a unwelcome surprise to learn that a lot of our doctors don't know enough about how this sort of Complex interplay of um, you know estrogen across all of our systems gets impacted, and we're not really given the care that we deserve. So
1: you know, I we hear day in and day out from women who are just getting dismissed by their doctors, and frankly, the North American Menopause Society has a certification program for practitioners. So and practitioner can include MDs. It can include. Um, nurse practitioners, pharmacists, anybody who's who, you know, is sort of licensed to deliver some sort of medical care information. So it's not only doctors who get this certification from the North American Menopause Society. Today, there are only a thousand of these practitioners, which again, includes pharmacists who aren't going to be prescribing to you, but at least, you know, there are some pharmacists that that will understand. Um there are fifty five million women in menopause in the United States today. So a thousand practitioners, not all of whom can actually see you and prescribe, is not enough to care for 55 it's, million it's women. It's like,
0: it's astonishing and enraging.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's why I've become an activist. I, of like, course. When you, you said estrogen activist, yeah. I was
0: like, we need more of them because this, yeah. this, you know, we should be clanging the bell and sounding the alarm. And uh, Monica, when I was on your website, I, I, I noted, I jotted down something that you said, which really jumped out at me. And and the website says, quote, menopause is inevitable, right? But suffering is optional. Mm-hmm. So I would yep. love it, you know, if you could just sort of walk through our listeners what it is that gets offered, you know, after this telehealth. What are some of the um, solutions that you're bringing to the equation?
1: Okay. So we started out with... um Menopausal hormone treatment, which is estrogen and progesterone, it comes in different form factors. So, um, and it's all bioidentical, but they're bioidentical, FDA approved. Um, and tell us hormones. what bioidentical
0: is for people who are like, what's what the heck? But
1: Bi- bioidentical <laughs> means that it, the molecule of estrogen and the molecule of progesterone are exact to what your body makes naturally. So it's over the the type there are three types of estrogen estradiol estriol and estrone the ovaries predominantly make estradiol and that is what the you know this bioidentical molecule is it's the it's exact versus a synthetic like since the 40s i think there has been a a brand that was made by Wyeth and bought purchased by Pfizer called Premarin. It stands for pregnant mare urine. It's a conjugated equine estrogen, which means it's horse estrogen. Um, It was very popular. Only Pfizer makes it because they actually have to maintain a farm of pregnant horses um, but and it's, this is like something like
0: out of a novel, by the yeah, way, I, I told this kinda. to my, my husband last it night works, and he instantly, not he, the same. he instantly hit yeah. Google. He was like pregnant horses. I'm like, yeah, yeah. that's a thing. Yep. And yeah. he didn't believe me until he Googled it and learned, you know, so, so that does work, but not everyone,
1: it you know, does work, but it's not exact to what your body makes. Sure. I tried. I'm not a pregnant and, horse. <laughs> yeah. I've tried everything. I've literally tried. I mean, in the last eight years and or let's say the first 5 years I tried everything I tried compounded hormones I tried the patch the pill um pellets uh I mean I had literally pellets injected in my hip I at one point I had so much testosterone accidentally from a pellet don't use pellets that I was practically a man I mean the next doctor that I went to because I was a little bit alarmed like I'm not sure what I'm doing here but I'm just trying anything I can to feel better and she um this new doctor took my took my blood just to see where I was. And I was like off the charts on testosterone. So, you know, some testosterone is good. Too much is terrible. It can cause irreversible changes in your voice, your, the size of your clitoris, your, you know, all kinds of growth, hair growth. Like, so, you know, you do have to be careful with the testosterone, but the estrogen is, is a different story. And, um, you know, but still with the compounds and the pellets and stuff like It's just you don't know what you're getting. It's not safe, which is why we really, really, really recommend, as does the North American Menopause Society and others, to use FDA-approved generic or or branded. But you know, we sell generic um, estrogen and progesterone, and and it it works like a charm um but everybody is a little different so you know there are different doses there are different form factors as i said for me i didn't really like the patch because i was 40 years old it was a sort of a visual reminder and i didn't like the way that it felt on my skin so i took an oral estrogen um you know and and that was great. So we offer all these different forms and different doses, um, depending on, so if you, you know, if you start out at one and it feels like it's not enough and your symptoms aren't resolving, we can go up and we have as part of the service, um, uh, unlimited free messaging with the doctor for the year duration of, of the prescription. So it's sort of a subscription pr- prescription. We ship three months at a time, um, and you can always access your doctor on your time whenever you want through your portal um through the dashboard and, and send them a message and they'll get back to you within minutes and how or, much does a doctor how day. much does
0: this initial doctor's visit cost for the uh... so the
1: initial doctor visit doesn't cost anything although oh. we have introduced um free is uh, good <laughs> an option yeah we like free where you can for thirty dollars you can have an initial visit um sort of a text back and forth with the doctor for a few days before deciding on a on a prescription so if you have questions or you have you know specifics that to you that you want to just iron out with the doctor you can um you can take advantage of that for a really low fee and then um and then they can from there write the correct prescription and it gets sent to our pharmacy and then gets shipped directly to your door so You know, what we also know from being women in this life phase ourselves is that nobody needs another job. So we're really trying to make it as easy and seamless and painless as possible. Um, For perimenopausal women, we also offer birth control, oral birth control, um, because what a lot of women don't realize is when you're perimenopausal, which is the seven to 10 years um, leading up to the cessation of periods. So basically menopause is technically defined as probably most people know, or maybe they don't, um, as the, as 12 months since your last period. So if you haven't menstruated in 12 months, you are officially considered in menopause, but for the 10 to, you know, for some women, 15 years prior to that, their periods start to change, their moods start to change, their cognitive function might start to change. So you might feel more forgetful or have some brain fog, um, you know, or angry skin starts or very to very angry, angry.
0: <laughs> yeah no I, I was like a the very rage, is real. The rage is real yeah. I would that my very first show was on toxic rage and I joked that that was my hot flash because I never had a physical hot flash but I would have bouts of volcanic fury and it was scary yeah. it was scary. And it, it is scary. It a was, lot of
1: women have this sense of doom also, like an impending sense of doom that all of a sudden, you know, they're like the world, they feel so anxious and it's really new and, and very debilitating. We've spoken to women who have had to quit their jobs because they were, they got too anxious to drive or to drive over bridges or, you know, and
0: I was, woman, I love her this. husband
1: had to start driving her to, to work and then she eventually quit. And it's terrible. It's terrible.
0: Oh, it's terrible. And, I, and I love that you brought this up because – um Monica alluded to it earlier, I got to attend a um, kind of an evening of conversation about taboo topics and to learn more about aloe. And your very wonderful uh, medical doctor shared that uh, hormone replacement therapy, or what's now being called MHT, menopause, um, you know, hormone treatment, MHT, menopause hormone treatment, can help women who have a history of depression, which gets exacerbated by menopause. It can help put a floor under them, but it can also and support their, their, you know, antidepressants that they're taking and to make them more effective. But for women who have onset anxiety and depression and menopause, mm-hmm. who never experienced it earlier, sometimes simply taking MHT can be all that's needed. And yeah. that, um, you know, your doctor who might be like interested in just prescribing you an SRI that does, that might not be needed. So I thought that was fascinating. Absolutely. We have, um, you know, a rise in, in depression and anxiety the last few years that we've all lived through probably haven't helped. And, you know, no. for women who are experiencing any of these these symptoms that Monica just talked about, this sort of depression, this sense of doom, you know, it, I think it's absolutely worth having a conversation with uh, either, you know, an alloy doctor or your own to figure out, it, you know, can hormone treatment make a difference?
1: Well, the interesting thing is that it's so safe that and it's so effective that you can try it and see if it works as a first line defense and then if you if it doesn't work then you, at least you know that that's you know that there's something else that you need to treat but it's it's not given enough as a first line defense the way that actually SSRIs are our age group so between i think 45 and 55 we are the most prescribed Demographic of antidepressants and anti-anxiety medication. There are millions of women in our age group who are using this who are not being given or even talked to about hormones, um, and and it's just it's an easier prescription, an easier fix for OBs to write. They understand it. They you know, but it doesn't it doesn't work for every woman, or it doesn't certainly isn't optimal because if you're not dealing with the hormonal change, and and Propping that up, then you know it's you're not actually treating the root problem. Absolutely. And the root problem. The only difference between being in menopause and not being in menopause is the production of estrogen. It's the only difference between young and old skin is the loss of estrogen. So that's actually something that I'm so excited to that we just introduced. I I think I mentioned earlier that at one point I became incontinent. (laughs) I had never actually had vaginal symptoms, which are a big thing in menopause for 80% of women actually at some point in menopause will have vaginal symptoms, which means dryness, painful sex, tearing, burning, itching, frequent UTIs, and incontinence. So when we started Alloy, I... um, I became a customer, of course, but as you mentioned, I live in the Netherlands, so I also have, I have a local prescription there and I get, but I also get my prescription from Allie. So I'm like flooded with hormones and, <laughs> and I just take whatever is in front of me essentially. And our starting dose, um, which was kind of adhering to an older protocol from, from NAMS, the North American Menopause Society to take the lowest dose for the shortest amount of time necessary, which has Thankfully changed that's not the way that's that's not what's recommended you you now can take you sh- can and should take the dose that solves your symptoms for as long as you want to. I will be taking this for the rest of my life because it's so important to my overall health and well-being. so that's a really important um, point. but in any case, i our starting dose was half a milligram of estrogen. And for the last 8 years I've been taking a milligram of estrogen every day. So accidentally just because I was busy and I didn't think about it and I took what was in front of me, I starved myself of estrogen for 3 months and literally started peeing in my pants. Like not just a tinkle. Like empty bladder, pee in my shoes in this, you know, in the in the parking lot of the supermarket and it was terrible. Like as soon as I had to go to I felt like I had to pee, I I peed. So I didn't even have to go to the bathroom anymore. I just was like, okay, I'm going to drive home in my wet pants. Obviously not something I was willing to live with. I wasn't going to get a diaper. I'm 48 years old. I have a lot of, I have many more years to live. So I'm not going to, you know, start peeing in my pants now and, and keep it that way. So, um, I was in the Netherlands. I had to get a. I got a prescription for, um, vaginal estrogen cream there. They use a, a form of, the form of estrogen called estriol. um here we use we have vaginal estradiol. It's basically the same, but you know, or does the same trick. Um, I started using it, and you know, within a few days, I felt much better. i the The painful sex and dryness and and sort of lack of lubrication. Went away, so I was kind of back to normal, and I stopped peeing in my pants, which was awesome. It, and I a, thought,
0: you know, there's, there's such a—I'm so happy that you're sharing this story, and I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm so sorry that you went through that phase of suffering because, you know, I, I, the conversation around the changes that happen to women—you know—the—the the conversations that people are maybe embarrassed to have you know, Hmm. need sunshine. Who wants to talk about it? Right. They need sunshine. It needs a spotlight. It needs, you know, people need to know that these things happen. It's not, you you know, there are fixes that are out there full stop, you know, and we can and should be demanding more from our doctors and from our healthcare. And I uh, appreciate you sharing this very personal story with our listeners because if anyone's having that experience, you know, know that Monica went through it and was able to find the solution that she needed and, and solutions are out there
1: yeah the solutions are out there. They're cheap. they're 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 easy. They're safe. Everybody can and should use vaginal estrogen like in England, they're way further ahead of us on the whole menopausal um treatment conversation and just menopause in general. And they actually just um uh, it's now over the counter in 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 the u k. You can get vaginal estrogen over the counter. You do not need a prescription, and that is because it's it's a very low dose. It's only. Um, it's topically applied and on- it's non-systemic, so it only treats the skin that you put it on. And what it does is it rehydrates the cells, um, it produces collagen, it uh, thickens the skin um, in of your vaginal walls and of your bladder. The bladder is totally estrogen dependent, so when you that's why we all start peeing and. Now that I tell everybody that i you know, I had this bout with incontinence, like the floodgates open, no pun intended. And everybody <laughs> that I talked to, you know, has had something similar. Or they're like, oh yeah, I can't do jumping jacks anymore, or I can't sneeze, or I can't whatever, without you know, peeing in my pants. And that doesn't need to be the case. Like that is need all to be an case. estrogen problem. Absolutely. Yeah. But so lo and behold, after using this for a couple of weeks and and realizing how effective it was, I thought what if I put this on my face? (laughs) What would that do? And the results have been amazing. So I'm so excited to get this product out to more women. We, we formulated, um, we're calling it the M4 face cream. It's the mega miracle menopause moisturizer. And basically it does the same thing. So, and it is as safe. You, it's a very low dose. We're using Estriol, which is what I started using, um, in Holland. It is a weaker form of estrogen. Um, but what we, once I started researching it and realized like, actually this isn't a new idea. Estee Lauder and Elizabeth Arden and a bunch of other companies actually started, um, in the forties putting estrogen in face cream because it's such a, a, you know, like a forever young product. And, um, they stopped in the nineties when estrogen became a prescription drug prior to that, it wasn't. Um, so it wasn't regulated, which, you know, was a problem. Like you, cosmetic companies shouldn't necessarily be using things that in an unregulated way, because you don't know what you're getting. You don't know what the dose is, you don't know, you know, all this stuff, but, um, so and Monica, then the WHI study but is your face just,
0: cream. Is it FDA regulated? How does that work? Cause it, it's it- not,
1: it's not FDA regulated. Um, or it's not FDA approved because it's made, we have to make it in a compounding pharmacy um, because there is no commercial equivalent for it. And, and getting FDA approval for it would, you know, take years and millions of dollars. However, it is the exact same sort of dosing and um, uh, research and evidence and, you know, sort of science behind the vaginal cream. And there has been a lot of research done on estriol and estradiol face creams it's just that because it's a generic for a pharmaceutical company to put the money in to actually create it as and get the fda approval and you know put the years in it's it just it doesn't happen so nobody's focused on it there's no commercial equivalent and therefore we have to make it a compounding pharmacy our compounding pharmacy is fda regulated and the um the cream base that we put it in uh, you know has been studied we we have we have safety studies we have um efficacy studies with these combinations um so you know we feel very comfortable and confident there's there there is a place for compounded um products you know from but you have to be careful about The pharmacy that you use and where you're going. And so we've done a lot of research and, you know, and sort of effort on the quality control to make sure that what we're selling and is that we we can stand behind what's inside.
0: So you have face creams, you have vaginal creams, you have prescriptions, Um, people Mm -hmm. who listeners who think that they might need some of them should definitely head to your website to learn more about each one of these products. And, you know, your studies and sort of the science behind it all, it's, you know, you have a a wide range of offerings that can help alleviate a lot of what women suffer from. I want to switch gears because we're, uh, for quickly, because I want to hear a little bit more about the Netherlands and your pivot and your reinvention (laughs) before we run out of time. I know you're a lifelong New Yorker. You are now living abroad. Why did you make this move? I'm super curious.
1: (laughs) So my husband is from the Netherlands and we actually met there in 1997. Um, and we traveled back and forth for two years. And then he moved to New York. And after we sort of at the time, you know, I didn't speak Dutch, I was very young, and we felt like there was going to be more opportunity for both of us to work if we stayed in New York. So he he made the move. And we lived in New York um, for 22 years together um we also we had a short stint in california where we were we both went to um and were classmates at stanford business school so we spent a couple years in california and then we came back to new york and for all those 22 years we were discussing where should we live should we live in new york should we move to the to the netherlands where is it better where do we want to be Um, and you know, we just never, we just never did it. And we ended up literally living on the same block that I grew up on. My kids were going to the school that I went to. And frankly, I was a little bit bored, you know, and, and just felt like I didn't marry a Dutch guy to be living my life over again. So, um, after, and he was working in finance and traveling all the time. And it just was a really, really difficult kind of life. And our kids are now almost 18 and, about to be 16. Um, and it was kind of our last opportunity at a certain point to move um to where we could a actually family. go with our kids. Right. Yeah, I love that. Exactly. And so we just decided to like just to do it, you know, and blow up our life here a little bit. Although we've really been successful in maintaining sort of a double life. So we still have our lives in New York. I still live in and uh, not live. I still work in New York and um, you know, or in the United States, essentially. So I have like my daytime life in Holland. And then I have my nighttime work life. So I'm, 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 I'm pretty busy these days. I'm sure you're on um, a lot of
0: Zooms. But w- I'm curious, yeah. you, you know, building I a company, launching a company, I know you've launched two. We don't have time to talk about your first one. But launching yeah. a company, becoming an entrepreneur is challenging. There there are constantly yeah. new things that you're having to face and navigate and learn. Um and I I would imagine that that some of the same qualities to succeed as an entrepreneur are needed to succeed in a completely new um, you know, living environment to be an expat. Do you see, yeah. you know, is there a commonality that's so. helping you make this work in both of these spheres? I think
1: that's a really interesting point. I think Absolutely. I mean, to be an entrepreneur, but also to make a move like this in your life, you have to really put yourself out there and talk to people and engage. And I'm pretty fluent in Dutch now, which I was not before, you know, I just like go for it. And in the meantime, also while we were, so we moved in August of 2020, in spite of the pandemic, not because of it, so, so we arrive, you know, in a new country in the middle of a global pandemic. We had we had a rental house for a year, and then we wanted to buy a house and sort of create a home for our kids who were going to have, you know, four to five years at home there. So we didn't want them to feel displaced. We wanted them to feel like they had a home. So in the meantime, while I'm also building this business, I bought a house in a new country in a new language and did the first my first renovation ever. <laughs>
0: Monica so, I'm exhausted thinking about yeah. you know, all the the balls that you had in the air and the spinning I have plates. A lot of balls. You're yeah. like you're like the MC of your own circus.
1: That's a lot. Kind of. Kind of. But it's but at the same time it was really, you know, I was I was really being deliberate about creating the the life that I want to have and how I want to live. I, you know, I have a garden now. I have I've sort of I wanted something that was very different from what I had in New York and I I sort of manifested that, I guess. I love and, the use um, of the word deliberate because I think that's yeah. what
0: happens when we get to midlife. We become much more intentional about how we want to spend our time. Because for many 100%. years you're like on this like racetrack and you just you know, and sometimes it's the race to nowhere, and you get to a certain age and you look and you see that the runway ahead of you is a little bit shorter. And I don't mean that yeah. to be negative. I mean it because it helps clarify how we wanna to spend totally. our time do you yeah, this is no, my totally. last this is my last question before we head into the yeah. speed route, and I'm always curious about this. Do you feel that you could have been this deliberate? Do you feel that you could have made this, you know, move abroad and launch this particular business when you were younger, or did it take getting to midlife? No. Uh-huh. It took getting
1: to midlife. I think the thing that I've realized and and you asked a question prior to the podcast of you know, the sort of one word to define or to describe how you're feeling or what something that you've realized. And I came up with the word competent. I never felt competent. And I, or I knew that I was competent, but I always felt like, "Mm, I'm not sure if I'm doing, you know, I'm a little bit perfectionistic. I've I've engaged in all the self-loathing that I think probably all of us have, you know, just never good enough, never feeling like I was sort of i don't know that i had arrived or that i i knew exactly what i was doing and i think part of the the question that you just asked before also about you know sort of what are the qualities of being an entrepreneur i'm a really big relationship person i mean i have friends and you a lot of the people that you saw at my at my event last night were people that i've been friends with since high school since college since my first job my second job my third job like I always make friends. I love listening to people's stories. I'm very curious. I, I really enjoy being in the company of other people, even though I'm actually, in a funny way, quite introver- introverted. I really love talking to people and I'm, I'm authentically interested. And I think that that is a really important quality both for being an entrepreneur, but also in this sort of phase of life. I mean I have so many people in my network that I have developed over a period of years that I can I know what I've done well, I know what I need to learn more about. I'm not afraid to show up and and ask questions and not be an expert in something and I think that that's really important both for being an entrepreneur but also just something in, you know, at this phase of life you get to the point where you know who you are in a different way. I love that how it was earlier.
0: I love that. That is the perfect note to end on. Um I, and and I agree. You know, we 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 get to a phase of life where we really know ourselves more, what makes us tick, what we're good at, where you know, where we still have the opportunity to grow. I, I, I think yeah. you, ca- you captured it so beautifully. All right, Monica, this is our speed round. It's the high energy way we end every show. Um, it's just one to two word answers to these questions. Uh, right. So let's do this thing. Okay, launching <laughs> Alloy Health was? Exciting. This Alloy product is always in my medicine cabinet.
1: M4 face cream.
0: Ooh, nice. Um, my number one piece of advice for women in peri or menopause is to find a doctor who gets it. What's your number one piece of advice?
1: Take estrogen.
0: Nice. <laughs> um, this is a lifestyle or fitness hack that helps make menopause more manageable.
1: Weight training.
0: I love it. I just took that on myself. So uh, yeah. it's, you know, it's Me good. Too.
1: It's, I, I've been doing it now for the last, let's say, year and a half pretty consistently. I've never been consistent with it before. And my, I have totally changed my body. I love it. For the better. Um,
0: I'm not there yet, but I'm, I'm getting there. Um, all right. Yeah. Launching a business is hard work. What's a hack that helps keep your entrepreneurial trains on the tracks?
1: Oh, that's a tough one. I'd say, first of all, I like having a partner. So open communication with a partner is really important. Um, but also taking some time for yourself. Exercise, walk the dog, take a bath. That's something I've started recently. Um, Just have some downtime.
0: Love it. Makes so much sense. Okay, Monica, we are still in the first month of 2023. What's one thing you want to do, try, or take on in this year?
1: i'd like to relax a little bit
0: (laughs) (laughs) you and me both sister (laughs) all right so i think we might have already covered this but i always ask what is your one word answer to complete this sentence as i age i feel competent competent love it love it love it thank you monica this has been so much fun um before we say goodbye how can our listeners find you and learn more about alloy
1: so, come to our website at myalloy.com. It's m y a l l o y.com. It's also on Instagram as myalloy. Um, my email is monica at myalloy.com. I love hearing from people and talking to people. I talk to customers um, and just women day in and day out who are struggling with things. Um, I've become a, in addition to a menopause activist, I feel like I'm a little bit of a menopause doula as well. So, you know, I was, I really benefited from my friend, my neighbor putting her arm around me and kind of pulling me along. And I love doing the same for other women. That's, that is honestly my mission more than anything else is just for women to feel informed, not to feel afraid and to be able to, you know, age gorgeously and wonderfully and do the things that they want to do because they're not, you know, fracturing their wrists or their hips or or having such debilitating brain fog or pain, you know, that they can't get along. So I just want women to, you know, know what the what their actual risks are, usually much lower than they think, and um, you know, and and get out there and do their thing. Fantastic.
0: I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm putting all of that into the show notes. Please reach out to Monica with any questions. Thank you for that generous offer. Uh, This Wraps A Certain Age, a show for women who are aging without apology. Thank you for tuning in, spending time, and being a friend of the show. If you learned something new, nodded along, took mental notes, or feel smarter, energized, or more inspired after tuning in, I would so appreciate a review or a rating over on Apple Podcasts. Reviews matter. They help other women find the show and help the show grow. Special thanks to Michael Mancini, who composed and produced our theme music. See you next time. And until then, age boldly, beauties.